everybody and welcome back to Creeps and Creeps. My name is Cece Delaney and today we're going to be discussing the case of Dear David. Part 2. If you're new here, <laughs> please feel free to subscribe if you decide that you like this content by the end of the episode. And if you don't, sorry, I'll try again next week. Hopefully we'll see you back. But if you're a returning viewer and you've subscribed and you just like to vibe out here every week, hello and welcome back. It's scary story time, baby. Part it only got harder to sleep when his cat started crying at the door earlier and earlier. Several weeks after they had started their routine, they changed it up, and now they would post up at about 10 p.m. and anxiously stare at the door. Shortly after his cats decided on a new nighttime routine, Adam began receiving calls from an unmarked number. Naturally, the assumption was that it was just a telemarketer, and that kept happening for days, which isn't unusual if you've been bombarded by some sort of debt collector or telemarketer or whatever. So finally, Adam gets annoyed enough and answers the phone, thinking that if he answered, they would knock it off at least for that particular day. When Adam answers the phone, all he could hear was the same static sound that he heard through his sleep app. Maybe it's a bad connection, so he waited. He figured that the telemarketer or recording would start talking once it realized that the phone was no longer ringing. So he gave it a minute, and then the static cut off, and then there was silence. So he jams the speaker closer to his ear and starts listening really intently, and he could make out what sounded like the faint sound of breathing. Heart slamming in his chest, he stayed silent, anxious to know what was going on. Just when the silence was becoming too overwhelming to bear, he went to hang up and heard a small, whispered, Hello. Not a greeting, not a question, just a statement. He jammed his finger on the end call button and quickly ripped his curtains closed, anxiously flicking on every light switch in his apartment, and tried to drown out the fear by watching TV until dawn. It was starting to feel like he was slowly losing his mind. This was beginning to feel like it had surpassed the point of any sort of logical explanation. Three weeks of persistent occurrences, all in rapid succession, seemed impossible to chalk up to coincidence. Fortunately for Adam, he did have a trip to Japan coming up, so he's like, okay, maybe if I can just survive the next week or two until I go to Japan, I can escape it. Maybe dear David will lose interest while I'm in Japan, and I'll be good to come home. No big deal. It'll all just be some fucked up little memory. So with that, Adam moved the green chair out of his room and set up pet monitoring cameras just so he could get like used to them and the settings before he left. He set up his push notifications to alert him when there was movement or sound and it seemed to be working as expected. He gave the camera a full test drive when he went out all night that weekend. As he anticipated, he got the regular alerts about his cats just doing whatever cats do when they're left to their own devices until about 11 p.m. He received an alert that motion was detective and expecting to see his cute little cats wandering around. He opens the app, but it was dead silent, completely unmoving. There's nothing going on. So he's like, okay, maybe the cats moved out of the frame. Let's check the footage. So he rewinds, but it still seemed like nothing was going on. And he sat there and rewound over and over and over, hoping to see something. And he notices something.
The green rocking chair that he had moved into the living room was ever so slightly rocking. It was so subtle that he had missed it the first few times, but he was positive that that was what triggered the alert. Because Adam had no intention of coming home that night, he realized that his windows were all shut. His AC was off. There's no reason that there should be movement throughout his apartment. And yet there was. But our man of logic, Adam, just flipped his phone over and tried to ignore the feeling that something was wrong. And then another alert came in. This time, as he watched the video, he noticed that a turtle shell falls off of the wall above the bookshelf that sits against the living room wall, seemingly for no reason. I do have to say that I noticed that the camera seems to have shifted, which is weird, and there are a few things in the background that are either missing or added in, like a blue dining chair that you can see when I put up both images for comparison. If you notice something, put it in the comments. It's kind of like one of those fun comparison picture puzzle things. I just thought that was kind of weird, because like, who moved the camera. But anyway, I digress. I want to believe, so I'm just going to shut the hell up and believe. Once Adam returned home, he realized that putting the chair in the living room and out of his sleeping space wasn't enough. And he ended up moving his rocking chair into the hall, hoping that it would stop the haunting. It didn't. Shocker. That night on the nanny cam, he saw something that he felt was really weird. His cats were chilling on the floor and Max suddenly jerks around like something had touched him, jumped over something invisible, and just stares at where he was sitting. As a cat owner, I didn't think it was super weird because cats are just unique creatures. But what really got me was toward the end. Off to the right on Adam's glass coffee table, there's a green jar that just scoots and turns a bit across the table a few inches, seemingly on its own. And over the next few days, Max continued to act unusually. That was the cat that I said is super sensitive. I don't know if I said his name earlier, but it's Max. Maxwell for long, Max for short. There was a set of recordings that caught Maxwell sitting on his hind legs, arms pulled, tucked into his little chest, and staring up beyond the nanny cam. But then there's the video of Max getting up on his hind legs as if he were swatting at a fly. one point in my personal opinion it almost looks like he's slightly picked up but that's really up to interpretation cat physics seem to defy human physics so who knows maybe it was just a cat being a cat floating a little bit still not sleeping super well at night 
Adam wanted to take an afternoon nap, but as he was sleeping, he had a nightmare. He rolled over in bed to face the opposite direction and came face to face with a severed head with a huge, unnerving smile and was somehow still clearly alive. The head was still attached to its bloody spine, snaking down Adam's bed. As if on instinct, Adam screamed, what happened to you? Causing the head to grin even wider and groan in pure bliss. It feels great. Adam snapped awake and was greeted with silence, and the afternoon had melted away to darkness. Shaken, it was a good time to walk to the bodega a few blocks from his house to get a snack and get the fuck out of his apartment. Unfortunately for Adam, he had to take his little anxiety walk past the warehouse, but he put his little horsey blinders on and just kept it moving, tried not to pay attention to that damn warehouse. On his way home, he tried to make it safely past the warehouse, just unfocused and unbothered, but was stopped in his tracks by a dull thunk just on the other side of the shuttered door. Frozen, he strained his ears and tried to listen for any other sounds. When he couldn't hear anything else, he got curious because it's fucking Adam. He really just wanted to figure out what was making that sound in a supposedly empty warehouse. Which, side note, that's a really bad idea because if it's like someone who's on their last leg in life and willing to pretty much do anything to get back on track, you might get stabbed, so don't do this. Please don't stick your heads in warehouses that are supposed to be empty when you hear thumping. Adam came up with a thousand level IQ plan and put his phone up to the grate that was above his head that he couldn't quite reach by just standing on boxes. And he thought, okay, let's take a picture and then get the hell out of there. So the flash went off and he was sure that he saw a quick movement behind the window. He stuck to his plan and got out of Dodge. When he finally mustered the courage to look at the picture, it seemed fine, until he looked a little closer. Toward the top right of the photo, it looks like the thing that was in his selfie from earlier. Small, slouched, concave skull. Dear David. Unsure if he was just seeing things, Adam messed with the filters to try and get a clearer idea of what he could be looking at. What do you guys think? I'm hesitant to give my perspective because I don't want to sway anyone's opinion and I'm always going to pick the route of believing because, again, easily duped. So anyway, it was finally time for our boy Adam to take off to Japan. He stayed for three weeks and during his last week there, he found this cool statue that he wanted to take a picture of. It seemed fairly innocent from the first picture. But then when he went to get a 360 degree shot, because the sculpture is basically a pillar that's covered in bodies. And when he went to take his 360 shot of every angle, he noticed what looked like dear fucking David. Again, is this a coincidence or the power of suggestion? You guys let me know what you think. Is he just seeing what he wants to see? I'm not sure how many of you are into the paranormal, but I assume at least a little bit considering you're here. So any good creep knows that if you mix entities with electronics, you're gonna, gonna have, have a bad, bad time. time. Adam was having a bad time. Immediately when he came home, the light bulbs in his hallways were burnt out. So he replaced them twice and then said fuck it and just left them alone after they burnt out for the third time. And then he noticed the LED light strips on the back of his TV kept lighting up. I've personally had this happen and it creeps me out every single time. But basically the point is, is that the TV had to be on in order for the light to turn on because it's plugged directly into the TV. Well, Adam was noticing that the LED light strips were going on, but the TV was still very clearly off. Eventually, they just stopped working altogether even though they were only a few months old. So unable to really sleep and unwilling to stay at home, Adam decided to leave and go to work early. 
As he was passing by his front door during his morning routine, he heard a soft, almost imperceptible scratch. And Adam did what Adam does best, and he took a damn peephole picture. At first, he didn't see anything in the picture, which is fairly typical, but upon further examination, he was stunned when he realized the blurry figure was a face staring right back at him, which is my literal nightmare. It looked a lot like the Japanese statue child. All you can see is an ear and an eye and part of his concave head. Again, Twitter has Twitter's opinions and everyone's basically like, if you don't get a medium or a ghost hunter, I'm going to lose my marbles. But Adam didn't really want to invite strangers into his house, you know, to poke through his shit and try and exercise his home. So he invited a friend over that was willing to keep it private and not record the entire thing and blast it all over the TV. And she tried and was ultimately unsuccessful to get Dear David out. Lulled into a full sense of security, Adam went about his life as usual for about a week after his friend's visit. Then one day he was walking to work, and at this point, I think we're all intimately aware with that abandoned warehouse that we mentioned multiple times. But on this particular day, as Adam was walking by the warehouse, it was wide open with nothing but a hearse inside. Seemed weird, but Adam just shook it off for the next few days until one night. At around 11 p.m., he was watching TV and needed a little midnight snack. He wandered into the kitchen and noticed his cat staring up at the window that overlooked the roof of the building that was next to him. So he's on the top floor of the duplex. Next to him is just a random business that is only one story. So you can clearly see onto the roof. So Adam pokes his head out. He doesn't see anything and assumes it's just a mouse and continues gathering his beer and snacks. But when he reached for his bottle opener, his blood ran cold. Someone was clearly standing on the roof across from his window, staring directly into Adam's apartment. He flicked off the lights, ducked below the window, and came up with his master plan. He decided, like with the warehouse window, and with the peephole, and with anything in life that he's freaked out by, he would just hold his phone up and take a picture through the window and try and see who was staring into his house. But whatever was there previously had clearly disappeared, and Adam, shaken up, shut all of his blinds and tried his best to calm down. But he couldn't shake that feeling that that figure was Dear David. At this point, it's been about four months since the first dream of David, and on one particular night, Adam had almost an identical dream to his first night, but this time David wasn't in the green rocking chair. He was sitting silently in a big recliner that Adam had had for years. Again, he was staring Adam down, but this time, Adam had a little more control over his body, and he was just slightly more alert than before, but still had that same sense of all-consuming dread. Like before, David slowly rose and began his painful-looking shuffle toward Adam. Thinking quickly, Adam snatched his phone and started snapping photos wildly in the dark, hoping to find any sort of evidence of David. With each flash of the camera, David inched his way closer, rhythmatically limping toward Adam until they were face to face and he could hear David mumbling almost silently to himself. He watched in horror as David's eyes began to roll backwards into the back of his head until they were all white. David reached out and started crawling up Adam's bed, still murmuring to himself, and Adam was glued to the spot pulse racing, unable to move away from the boy who was closing in on him slowly. But before anything else could happen, Adam snapped awake. His apartment flooded with light yet again, and as always, David was nowhere to be found. 
Adam's anxiety melted away throughout the day as he got into the normal rhythm of his regular routine. By the time he got home, the nightmare felt like nothing more than that. A nightmare. But then he remembered the photos from the night before. And heart thumping, he opened his camera roll. He was bombarded with dark, blurry, but obviously visible images of a young boy with a dented skull moving closer to Adam with each photo. For the next 10 days, Adam stayed radio silent on Twitter. And then on the 17th, he started a new thread, this time explaining that some evidence that he had unearthed may explain what had been plaguing him for the last four months. He started with an image to refresh our memory of the layout of his apartment that he had drawn up. On the bottom was the old apartment, and on the top was the new apartment. And he included the rooftop where he thought he saw David, which is to the left of his duplex, on top of that business. Based on the picture, he's on the top floor with no access to the roof. But somehow, about a half hour after his last tweet that we just talked about, he was startled by a loud thump that echoed above him. He racked his brain as to how someone could have gotten on the roof, but there was really no reasonable explanation. There were no ladders or trees or anything that would allow someone to gain access to the roof easily. I mean, if there's a will, there's a way someone can get up there, but it would have been a chore. And was it really worth it? The only way anybody could feasibly get up there was through one skylight in the hallway in front of Adam's duplex, so the likelihood of him hearing the person getting up there is super high. So Adam scoured his apartment, hoping that maybe there was some weird secret access that could explain this away, like maybe there was a ladder on the side of his apartment that he just never noticed. And hoping that someone else might be able to explain what was going on, he tweeted a picture of the hatch in the ceiling that he always just assumed led to the roof or some sort of like dead space between the roof and his apartment, you know, where you put insulation or what have you. But it was clearly impossible to reach without some sort of tall ladder or like a hook to pull it down. And he provided a video as evidence to the height. This section is going to require some visualization skills if you're streaming this as a podcast, so just like focus up. We can do this. I believe in you. First things first, the skylight is flat with the roof. The hatch itself is about three feet below the skylight, meaning that there's about three feet of empty space between the two openings. So the skylight is essentially on the topmost part of the ceiling. There's about a three feet gap and then more ceiling where that hatch is located. I hope that makes sense. So Adam writes this off, again, assuming insulation, rodents, who knows, who cares, no big deal. So he just resumes normal life as much as he normally could, considering he's been plagued by Dear David. Over the next week, he experienced more thumps ringing out from the empty space, and then a small clink that rolled about six feet across the roof or the space before suddenly stopping. Finally, Adam decided that it was time to take things into his own grubby little paws and ordered a pole off of Amazon to try and open the tall hatch. But before that pole had even come in, he was ripped back to consciousness one night when an incredibly loud crash rang out above him. He felt suffocated by the weird energy that surrounded him. The sound continued to jar him about 15 times in a row before it eventually stopped and he heard a small footstep in his hallway. At some point, Adam was able to fall back asleep and by morning, things felt like they were just back to normal. Since it was a Saturday, he decided to respect the Saturday ritual and left his apartment to get his bagel and coffee. As he's walking down the stairs, he feels a crunch under his foot. 
He glances down and notices that there's some sort of debris that had fallen directly under that roof hatch. Adam looked up at the hatch and noticed that there was something caught in it. He figured fuck the bagel and went into his apartment and grabbed that pole that finally came in. And he sat his phone down in order to record if something flopped out of the ceiling at his face for proof purposes. Adam was so right for that move because a black thing fell down on him and bounced down the stairs. It was a bit of a jump scare. (laughs) So Adam grabs his phone and follows the object down and discovers a small dusty leather shoe. At this, Adam's like, yeah, no, not doing this and texted his landlord to see if he could investigate whatever was going on in the crawl space because clearly something was up there, be it a rodent or a human or a demon, who knows, who cares? Get your ass up there and figure it out, landlord. When the landlord arrived, he got into the crawl space and only found one thing, a marble with a small bump on it. Curious, Adam looked it up and discovered that it was fairly common back in the early 1900s when they made marbles by hand to cut them with big metal scissors. So maybe that marble was just really old and it hadn't been properly smoothed. Over the next few weeks, nothing really obvious happened. Adam was just kind of super tired and too busy to update Twitter and noticed that he started experiencing random dizzy spells and a sense of dread and malice just all-consuming. People were trying to tell him, you know, maybe David needs help. Why don't you try and figure out what's wrong? But it seemed useless to Adam. David seemed to be the reason that he was getting this feeling of dread and malice. He only felt that feeling when David was around him, according to Adam. Because he was so tired, he was sleeping all of the time. But when he would wake up, it was really for no reason. Just that feeling that someone's watching you. At this point, Adam downloaded an app on his phone that would take pictures every 60 seconds. He propped his phone on top of his seven foot tall bookshelf, which was the perfect vantage point to cover his whole room, and then went to sleep. Again, he was startled awake with that feeling that someone was looming over him. He bolted upright, jumped out of bed, grabbed his phone, and noticed that there was now 350 new photos for him to sift through. For the most part, it was just innocuous photos of Adam sleeping with a few lights on in order to catch better images in the event that something popped up. Turns out that was really good foresight because as he scrolled through his camera, he was stunned to see a small boy with a dented head standing at the foot of his bed, staring at Adam as he slept. In the next photo, David is seen staring straight up at the ceiling as if looking for something. Then, for the next few pictures, David is flopped in the recliner, looking lifeless, dangling over one of the armrests. And just as quickly as he appeared, he was gone. Adam kept swiping, hoping that that was the end, but the next picture made his heart drop directly into his stomach. It showed David standing over Adam, who was sleeping, looking straight down at him. In the next picture, he's in the same position and staring straight into the camera. For another few photos, David was gone. 
until the last photo when I was genuinely jump scared and actually screamed while scrolling through this. It was really bad. And I do know that seeing it now, if you're viewing this on YouTube, it's like, okay, chill. I just wasn't expecting to see a small dented head with thin scraggly hair hanging out in front of the camera. It's awful to look at, all right? I hate it, I hate it so much. Anyway, it's the holiday season and Adam decided that it was time to head home to Montana and get the hell out of New York. For the next few days, things felt fairly calm and Adam was like, oh, lit, maybe I outran David. He was getting more energized, less foggy, and was kind of seeming like he was back to his old self. But as usual, did not last long. He noticed a trend that as he used the bathroom, he would notice movement outside of the bathroom window that faced the pitch dark of his backyard. The next morning, as he was about to get into the shower, he glanced out of the window and noticed tracks starting from behind the garage and leading into seemingly nothing. It didn't look like a normal pattern for any sort of animal. So Adam was like, okay, what's up with that? So he puts on his clothes, wanders outside, and is met with a horrifying realization that these footprints are little kid footprints. Adam could only follow them so far until they disappeared into a ditch behind his house. And then the realization hit him. If this were David, there was no escape. David would follow him wherever he went, and inevitably, Adam needed to go back to New York. So Adam gets home, and his nightmares continue. He was plagued with a horrible nightmare of David staring down at him, inching closer and closer to his face. Mind you, Adam had kept the photo app running in the background in order to try and track David, but he wouldn't show up for several nights, except for one. That night, Adam had his usual David-based nightmare. This time, David was muttering something inaudibly, and Adam felt overwhelmed with sickness. He was hovering above Adam's face, staring into his eyes, mouth moving much quicker than it humanly should be possible. Adam was frozen, only able to stare up at David. Suddenly, David dropped. He crashed down onto Adam, crushing his chest and forcing the air from his body. Adam sat bolt upright, trying to fill his lungs with air and frantically looking around. But... As expected, nothing was there. He yanked his phone from on top of the bookshelf and flipped wildly through his photos, hoping to see what could have caused his breathlessness. <laughs> okay, so I know I shouldn't laugh because if I were in this situation, I would literally cry, but I laughed. Something about the picture of Dear David's body flopping Whoa! onto Adam out of nowhere is just sending me to hell. It just looks like David is going in for the world's most enthusiastic hug. But after that, things seemed really normal. He could sleep again and David was not popping up in his dreams anymore, but there was that feeling of permanent dread. Adam felt like something clearly wasn't right, but he couldn't put his finger on it. He realized that he was beginning to lose time though. For example, he would sit on the couch for what seemed like five minutes and suddenly when he would look up at the clock, he realized it had been an hour and he could not account for a single minute of it. He also started to notice that when he was around his friends, he would hear them say something and he'd be like, what did you just say? Completely have misheard them. And they would respond, I didn't say anything. But to Adam, compared to everything else, this was child's play and he was like, oh, okay, maybe I'm good now. He was ready to put everything behind him and was physically in the act of typing out a tweet to update everybody that he was fine and the saga was over when he realized that his notifications were absolutely blowing up. People were tweeting him about an Instagram story that he had posted the day prior and he was able to post a screenshot that someone had sent him in this particular tweet thread. 
He had posted multiple pictures of he and a friend when they went out to get brunch together, and the first few seemed fairly innocent. But the third picture is what caught everybody's attention. It's kind of hard to explain, so just bear with me. It was a glitched out purple and pink picture that looked like there was this creepy eye superimposed over Adam's, which led a lot of people to assume that Adam at this point was possessed, especially with his other symptom. And the David intense hug photo. That still makes me laugh. It's hard to explain, so I'll just post the harder images or situations to explain on the Instagram feed associated with this post at Creeps and Creeps Podcast on Instagram. So if you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Just go over there. Apparently, according to Adam, the picture had looked normal when he posted it, but it was clearly crazy looking in the story. And then a few days later, Adam posted this random standalone video of his cat meowing at the door. This one was different from his other photos that he would take or videos that he would take. This one looked like the camera was just on the floor for whatever reason, almost like he was sneakily taking a picture of the cat. It's kind of weird. Adam had sent out random tweets that kind of stirred people's speculation as well over the next few days. He would do weird things like not capitalize what he would normally capitalize. Like he was generally fairly grammatically correct and these string of tweets were just off. And then it just ends. It's so unsatisfying and I'm so sorry, but it ends with basically Adam alluding to the fact that he is in a movie production deal. So like if you look up the Dear David movie, it's I think coming out this October or at least the trailer for it is. We should have a viewing party. I think that'd be so fun. But that's it. I hate to blue ball you all, but uh, here we are. I hope you were spooked. Thanks for hanging out with me. Not gonna lie, he had me in the first half, but I'm just gonna leave it at that because I don't want to sway anyone's opinions, but I do want to hear what you guys think. Is it Photoshop? Is it just this elaborate hoax in order to get a movie deal? Was it a genuine haunting? I would like your proof. I would like a five paragraph essay in the comment section backing up your evidence and proof, please. And thank you. I'm not going to do that, but I do want you to do it. <laughs> anyway, as usual, if you guys enjoyed this and you feel swayed to subscribe, I would love that for me and for you because it's going to be fun. We're going to hang out twice a week and just talk about serial killers and spooky shit that I find entertaining. Okay. So thank you so much for subscribing. If you did, you can follow me at creeps and creeps podcast where I'm going to post some of the photos from this. I don't want to get in trouble by posting the entire Twitter thread because that seems unchill for his proprietary information, but I will put some of the pictures of things that were uh, more difficult to describe on the Instagram. But otherwise, I hope you don't inadvertently get haunted by Dear David now. Have a safe day. Try not to get haunted. Try not to get murdered. I'll see you next week. Bye!